Hello and welcome to Camel Call Friday with Evan Budrovich, the social media coordinator, content creator for the entire university. After six years as the assistant director of broadcasting, digital media, and social media with Campbell Athletics, Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Haymeyer. I haven't given you your due with all your titles, so there you go. Well, in our six years together, my title changed every six months. That is true. I tried to weave it all into that. I put you the assistant director of broadcasting, digital media, social media, content creation, voice. Well, you and I, you and I both joked that over the years we all did so many different things. That's true. That titles were just ambiguous. They, they were just there for the website. We we both were always doing That's something. True. Speaking of title, Title Nine. Obviously, we are celebrating the 50th anniversary of, of the landmark ruling that changed. It's it's tied a lot to athletics. Of course, it has done so much for education. We are bringing it up because we should, and we celebrate it. And, Evan, um, a fantastic article um, about a lot of women in the university, but you spend a lot of time in the athletic department and, and really focused on on five very special women. This was athletic important because it really started with athletics, to your point. So I went back to a woman who has literally seen the entire 50 years of Title IX, Wanda Watkins, first female scholarship athlete here on campus, first full-time assistant coach on campus who was female, and then, of course, the female head coach for 35 years of women's basketball. And obviously there were stories she mentioned about taping her players' ankles and conducting the band and being a teacher while being a coach. And the way she put it best was most of the time when I was coaching, it was the benefit of my job. My 98% of my job was teaching and and grading papers and being a part of the school. And then it was, oh, by the way, you can coach this Division I women's basketball team, which just gives you perspective, right? Now there's coaching staffs with five assistants and all this. And at that point, she had GAs, players helping coach, and it was all her. And she'll reference a lot of people that help her out, but that's the start of the run. And then I lean on women in leadership positions here. I think of Jackie Knight, who, when I did the research, there's less than 20 Division I female head strength, sorry, female head athletic trainers in, in all of Division I sports. And, you know, when Campbell was non-scholarship, she notes that it was more common to have females run the football program. But when you look across the landscape, female head ATs are, are few and far between. And those that run a Division One football team, even more than the 20 you talked about that run the whole department. And the nugget in the story we talk about is for pro days, the scouts show up and they say, where's your head athletic trainer? Where is he, right? And that that accidental, oops, I met she, and I said he, and, you know, without without even saying anything, Jackie just walks up and says, here I am, I'll answer your questions. And she's been doing this now for a decade as the head of football, and Started under Wanda Watkins, fittingly, with the women's basketball team. So it all came full circle. I then focused on coaches. Um, Don Easley, at the time, with Sharonda McDonald Kelly leaving and, and Coach Prater coming for softball, she was the lone female coach on campus, head coach. And getting her perspective on being a mom and a coach was really neat. Don has three kids. And in 21, so last spring, she delivered baby Riley during the season. And I see you laughing, Chris, because for folks who don't know, she missed one week, came back, missed one game, came back the next weekend and coached her team. Now, she was drugged up, and you know she even notes, hey, I went to practice for an hour or two here and had my assistants run the show for most of the time. But she wanted to prove to her players you could be a mom and a coach. And in that sport that doesn't have the, the big spending and the big budgets, it's hard to do both. And for her to 
have her kids get dropped off at the football field every day with the bus. And then she drops them off at school and then runs practice and has to leave practice, take her kids to the doctor or something. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. The fact that she did that during the season. Again, it's like, okay, who's who's going to be the acting head coach today? Oh, no, Dawn is on the sideline. What? Wait a second. And, and we roll our eyes because the baseball staff has a kid every year, right? So paternity leave is, oh, Justin Hare's gone for a night. Yeah. Lindsay had their fourth kid two years ago, and he comes back the next day. Well, you know, biologically speaking, there's a lot that goes into it, but Chris, you had twins, you know, and you were back a week later for a football game because I was at a bachelor party, so thank you for that. But, you know, you, your wife had to be in the hospital for a month. Yeah. That's a whole experience for women that just coaches on the men's side don't experience. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And then, you know, working moms, period, no matter what, but, but in the season, just um, it's awesome that you focus on that because, again, that's a story that I tell people, and they're like, wait a second, what? I mean, she is – people that know Coach Easley and, and who she is, just just amazing and uh, a hard worker. We finished it off with Rachel Pike, who's one of the strength coaches on the on the female side, which is rare. There's just one at Campbell right now. There's some GAs and, and things like that. But you talk about athletic training being male-dominated at the top. Strength and conditioning is yep. 98% that way. And Rachel just said, I want to prove that I can be a male – or sorry, a head strength coach for football, for any sport – Right now, she works with tennis and, and some of the golf teams and, and a bunch of Olympic sports, but she kind of wants to break those barriers that we just don't talk about anymore. And then I finished with a former player in Shelby Dankert, who is now in the business staff with Hannah Baysmore, handles a lot of the budgets and big purchases and our Under Armour swag, you know, all the different behind-the-scenes things you don't see along with game operations. So getting her perspective was pretty neat, too. Yeah, and it's amazing, and our entire athletic department being led by – Hannah Baysmore, who is 37 years old. That period is amazing and rare, but a 37-year-old woman running an entire athletic department, just a, another groundbreaking thing that, that we're seeing here. And again, all of this unthinkable, unfortunately, you know, 50, 60 years ago, and now with Title IX, and look, there is still a long way to go, and there is still many things that have to happen to get things equal. And I'm just talking that from a man's perspective. I know there's a lot more to it, but um, wow, what a, what a 50 years it's been. And, and here at Campbell, it's great that you shine a light on, on so many special women doing so many special things. And all five women, in conclusion, they said, we don't hire to fit, to check a box, to bring in diversity. We want to hire the best candidate. And it's proven across these different departments that there are talented people from all different backgrounds, all different male, female, age groups, like you mentioned with Hannah being so young as an AD and it's just whoever is available and the best option. A women's sport uh, get a spotlight this Saturday. No football. Campbell will be back at home starting three straight home Saturdays next week. But no American football. We have football as our women's soccer team unbeaten through their fir- for through the last five games. They take on Winthrop. We're already in conference play. That's uh, Saturday night at 7. It'll be on ESPN+. Plus. But the women's soccer team, on a run and getting hot at the right time is we're starting last year in the Big South Conference with one of our fall sports already. Last two years, tournament title, losing the tournament final. This team has that expectation again. Now, the result at Radford's tough because they outplayed Radford. They had better opportunities. You give up a fluke goal in the second half and you finish 1-1. That happens all the time. What's good about this team is they've only allowed one goal in that 
unbeaten streak. Amazing. So when the defense is really good and they're starting to score more, and, and you know, Coach Gross has been very high on this team from the start, but that's where having seven to eight senior starters helps them so much because they have been down this road a bunch. We are diving into women's sports now as Gorsu. our swims team ends up uh, starting their first meet of the year. It'll be 11 a.m. here at home on Saturday, so a good chance to see them. And coming up a little later on in the Friday podcast, we talked to Pascal Molinard, who you want to talk someone who has taken a similar path, nothing to do with Title IX, but he was the recreation director here at Campbell before they had a women's swim team. And when I say recreation director, that means he was running intramurals, he was running the rec center, which was um, <laughs> the old basketball gym in Carter Gym, and then they built a pool. He ran that, too. So he was the aquatics director, the recreation director, and then, and the story's great, he'll tell it, but the AD basically came and said, next season we're starting a women's swim team. You're going to be the coach. Luckily, they took away recreation, but it just shows you there's a lot of things that have changed in this world, and we talk about a lot on the podcast, but... Boy, Campbell has changed a lot as well in their resources and, and what they ask people to do. It reminds me how the golf program started. Hey, John Crooks, yeah. you can have a women's golf team, but you have to find players right. in the cafeteria. Right, to, and that's what we talked about a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. It's so, so he's coming up a, a little later on the podcast. And just like everybody, everybody in athletics, he, is, he has built a program and, and a successful program. By the way, can I have one qualm on this podcast? Okay. So the football coaches are traveling this week recruiting. Sure. Two coaches, Patrick, the recruiting guru, yeah. and then Coach Harris, they're in California. Now, they didn't invite me to California to recruit right. these kids. Which Where you're from. I could have given them some inside scoop. Now, they're smart coaches, but maybe on the next trip you can add me to that, Coach. Thanks. That's right. They, uh, they go everywhere to get these players now, which is, uh, which is sensational. Our men's soccer team going all the way down to uh, USC Upstate. Fantastic result. UNCG, UNC Greensboro, ranked in the top 15 in the country, and Campbell shut him out one nothing. Jamie Lamb had a postgame quote on Thursday, and he, and he said, this team needed to learn how to win again. They had a, a winless streak over the last three matches. It's a really good program. We've told you that. And last year they started the season, top 25 win over Greensboro, and then won like six straight. So you'd think with how the conferences they could keep this rolling. Now, Upstate – they played South Carolina really well, who beat Campbell. They played Clemson really well. So they're no sl fluke, but they're one of the top-tier teams. I think Campbell will continue this run. Men's golf is going down to Alabama. And then, folks, we talked about Saturday. You get a chance to see women's swimming. You get a chance to see women's soccer. But get your rest Sunday, the first part of the week, because it is Campbell-Palooza over the next two weeks, the next two weekends, an exclamation point on homecoming that, by the way, is in just – two weekends but here's here's what's going on next weekend we've got a women's soccer game on Wednesday then volleyball Friday night women's swimming volleyball men's soccer football all on Saturday October 1st and then the next weekend homecoming weekend women's soccer on Friday volleyball football men's soccer and um all, all on, and we've got wrestling, black and orange as well. At all 11, yeah. on, and a parade, and alumni village, and the and everything camels back like on that. campus. Yeah. yeah, every every fall sport and some of our winter sports you will get to see, um, except cross country. That again, no no home meets or everything like this. But the next two weekends are going to be um, incredible here to see 
uh, these teams uh, all in conference except except the football team, but just uh, just sensational how, how we'll really build up to what's going to be another good homecoming. I don't want to sleep on the homecoming festivities either because the parade, the camel, the flyover, there, there's just a lot of pictures on Main Street. People show up at 8 in the morning for the alumni tailgate. They're going to have the golden generation of 50 years of alumni at the alumni house by the union. So you get here at 9 a.m. And, and then stay till 4 for kickoff. And then at halftime, great performance in the band. You get to see famous alumni being honored on the field. So it's a 9 to 9 type of day. And then 8 o'clock after the football games ends, the American football game, you go over to football at Eeks. The men um, will be playing Asheville. Do you remember the year we launched fireworks homecoming weekend at the soccer match? Yep. It was a lot. And a lot of people that are listening to this podcast and that went here 20, 25, 30 years ago, homecoming was centered around soccer and and that's how big it is and how, how how big of a program it's been and everything like that they'll be celebrating 60 years of Campbell men's soccer how good of a swimmer are you I mean I did go to a Kai swim school when I was four which was like the California <laughs> swimming school in the area you know you got to learn how to dive right in <laughs> I, I'm not an elite swimmer Greg Goral used to swim laps yep twice a week in the morning you want to talk probably the coach that's the best well-rounded athlete Mike Minner might have something to say about that but he yeah he was a tennis star as well but yeah swimming it is the most grueling of sports maybe swimmers and wrestlers and maybe that's why they get along so well it's just okay go into the pool swim two miles in the morning you you swim at night the the endurance and the conditioning you have has to be I mean it's just out of sight and when you go to the Johnson Aquatic Center yeah dress lightly it is warm, yep. it's sticky, there's good energy. The, the girls are all into it. They bring the signs, and, they, yeah. and you hear Pascal saying, whoop, whoop, like timing their, their rhythm in the pool. It's, it's really neat. I didn't think we were going to hear that sound on the podcast. It, it is. If, if you hadn't been to a, a swim meet, look on the schedule, gocamels.com and go to one, because it's fun, and it's amazing how fast they swim. I can swim. I'm, I'm not a very fast swimmer. Speaking of swimming, he was – in a French Olympic trial, our head coach, Pascal Molinard. And it happens after this. You're listening to the Friday Camel Call Podcast. Planning a tailgate? Then it's bow time. Bojangles has everything you need for the perfect tailgate, no matter how many fans you're trying to feed. There's the original tailgate, the super tailgate, and for a really big crowd, the jumbo tailgate special. And if you like your chicken off the bone, choose the Supreme's tailgate special that includes 12 perfectly seasoned tenderloin fillets. So grab the tickets, get that Bojangles tailgate special, and go. It's bow time. They say a camel never gets lost in the desert. It always knows where to find something to eat and drink. With this in mind, join other Fighting Camel fans at the Kicking Camel Grill for exciting game day parties. Help cheer our team on to victory while watching the games on one of 10 televisions. Try some of the Camel's mouth-watering buffalo wings, a 12-taco platter, or North Carolina's own Bright Leaf Hot Dogs. The Kicking Camel Grill, your oasis for great food and beverage. 
Hi Campbell fans, I'm Christy Yarbrough with Remax United. Thinking about buying or selling or know someone who is? Let me help you make the right moves. It's important to work with the right agent with local knowledge and cutting edge experience. I can help ease the pains of the buying or selling process by guiding you through the steps. Whether it's connecting you with the right lender, home inspector, handyman for those undone projects, staging and prepping your home for sale, or helping you find the ideal home that fits your family's needs. Visit my website for more information at christyy.remaxagent.com. Go Camels! Welcome back to Camel Call Friday. It is swim season. They have a season that starts in the fall, goes through the winter, ends sometime in the spring, and it is my pleasure to have the head coach of the Campbell women's swim team now in his 18th year, Pascal Molinar, to be here with us today to talk about his team beginning the season this weekend at home, Saturday, 11 a.m., right here on campus and first of all coach I know you've been doing this for a long time but what is it like just a few days before the first meet of the year excitement little butterflies happy to see all those ladies coming back getting them in shape seeing the new freshmen we have 15 of them this year so it's a large group I'm so excited to see how well they do and teach them to see how they perform. And uh, the first meet is always uh, questionable. Uh, we ask ourselves questions and we change things around and uh, we move things uh, around. But uh, it's exciting because uh, that's where it all starts. Uh, during the summer, you, th you anticipate that and uh, finally it's here, uh, so it's great. Coach, usually when you're dealing with so many youngsters and you have 15 freshmen who, who are new to the program, that can give coaches uh, some sleepless nights. But I know already talking to you at the beginning of this school year, you're, you're excited because not only do you have youth, but you have a lot of talented youth. A lot of talented young ladies. I mean, they are everywhere. We have 36 swimmers this year, and I would say every one of them have some kind of talent. And it's uh, up to them to develop and uh, to see how much they want to get better. Uh, we have uh, some uh, those freshmen, they look great in the water. They already, uh, at practice, they really took over. Uh, some of them took over the practices and stuff. So I am, uh, it's it's really fun. It's it's fun time to be a camel. Uh, you also have some very experienced and very talented returners as well. Tell us about some that have been here for a little while that, that you're expecting big things from in the water. Well, uh, we have uh, Colleen Renshaw, and uh, with her leadership, uh, I think uh, I expect a lot of things from her. Erica, uh, Lucy, also. Uh, we have uh, Malin. Uh, we are on our, she's a junior. Um, we have uh, some great uh, sophomores, uh, Isabella, Gassi, Piper, Burton, uh, Kelly Knox. I mean, those girls, they great leaders. Uh, Brenna, great leaders. 
So we uh, we are hoping that they are just going to take that leadership and uh, uh, help those uh, youngsters to move on. And uh, and we are getting ready also uh, because we have that uh, a year of uh, finding out for the CAA. So all of it is uh, is important to show what uh, we can do in the future. So uh, it, that's uh, always the excitement. Coach, you lead me into our next question. Right now, even though the majority of teams in the Big South are, uh, of our teams rather, are in the Big South, you are not. You are in something called the Coastal Collegiate Sports Association, CCSA. It's for a bunch of Division I um, swim programs that don't have a conference that supports swimming. You are finally going to have a home as the CAA, they support swimming. Thank you. We have a home, finally. <laughs> we have been waiting for that for a long time. Uh, yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's sad sometimes in the prior years that uh, we, we are not part of the Big South, the Sasa Cup. Uh, you know, when they talk about the Sasa Cup, the, the banners and all this, and we, we are not part of it. But uh, finally, we'll be able to really focus on those teams from the colonial uh, athletic association and that will help us I think if recruiting with the quality but also I mean overall the the mental uh, to be part of the family the Campbell family family it'll be sensational coach and you've been here for two decades this is just one of the many changes that you've seen with this with this swim program tell me about your journey because you were here at Campbell before you were head women's swim coach yes I came in 1991 and uh, I came as a recreation service director and aquatic director so I was in charge of intramurals the Carter gymnasium I was in charge of that and uh, I remember doing a lot of things down there with intramurals and uh, and eventually uh, under the leadership of uh, Tom Collins, uh, we, uh, the athletic director back then, we decided to get a women's swim team. And I remember uh, very well the first day that uh, they made the decision. It was, it was funny because uh, that happened about in, uh, it was in about November. And uh, it says, okay, uh, we have a swim team next year. You are going to be the coach. Welcome. Uh, we are part of the uh, Northeast Conference. That was a Northeast Conference. And uh, by the way, we start next year. So you need 12 swimmers <laughs> next year. And I'm like, okay. And it started from there. I mean, really, basically a few girls, just 12 on the roster, beg some girls to stay and just swim and learn how to swim. And we got better and better and better and better. And so it's like a big snowball. And uh, now we, we have this great team. So I'm very proud of what Campbell has done. Well, and, and what an accomplishment. You were starting a Division One program from scratch. W what were those early days like? Into knowing Campbell back then, you probably still had to do your full-time job as well, didn't you? Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, well, in 2004, 2005, I, I did intramurals. I did uh, uh, swim. The, I taught. I was teaching classes as well. Uh, 
but you know we did a lot uh, and I was very busy uh, and eventually uh, we took away some uh, some things that I stopped being the recreation director to just the aquatic director and swim coach and just teaching instead of four classes a semester teaching two classes a semester which you still do now I correct? still do now yeah. yes I enjoy teaching uh, you know it's it's fun in the early days it takes a lot of faith for a student athlete to come to a place that doesn't have a, a a tradition. How did you get those those early student athletes to join you, and and how fondly do you remember what they what they did for you in this place? Well, we had we had a lot of uh, young ladies that were student already at Campbell, and they used to work for me as lifeguards, and they wanted to swim, so we took we helped them integrate into the women's swim team. So they, some of them, like uh, I remember a lady named Tina uh, Vinanova uh, from Hungary, and she was a student. She was in part of the business school, and she swam for just one year. She was a senior, and she, she swam for one year, and she's a lawyer now in California. I mean, <laughs> uh, we had several of those, those wonderful ladies, but they, they just wanted to be part of something, Actually, if you go to the old uh, library or bookstores, the old bookstore, and there's a, a poster on when you walk up uh, the stairs, there's a poster, and there's five ladies in the water just like this. And those were the first five in December, January, February that I started a swim team with. And then we just got a few recruit freshmen coming on for the next, for the first year, really. Uh, so it was uh, ex exciting back then. And, and now you have been building a swim program that, that really, in my eyes, keeps getting better every year. It seems like, you know, your school records are just made to be broken till the next, uh, to the next really good freshman and, and sophomore comes. When you think about what your team is now, it's light years away from where you were, isn't it? Oh, yes. Uh, it, I would have never imagined how good or how many girls would be interested. Uh, it, it's just, uh, uh, it, it surprised me, but also Campbell is such a good place. I know we can do it. It's just like, when could we do it? Uh, and we had all the tools, like we, we never shy of competition. Even from day one, if you look at the competition, even when we have basically 12 swimmers, anybody that wanted to swim us, I, I, we went, we challenged. So we continue with that standard of challenging the girls, never you know, going down our standards, keep getting better, keep getting better. And hopefully when you build it, it'll come. And that's, that's basically that's what we have done. Um, people who are maybe listening to you for the first time uh, know that you're not from Harnett County by your by your accent. Um, you have a you have an unbelievable background um, growing up in the uh, island of Martinique in yes. the in the Caribbean. Tell me what it was like growing up at a at a place that is a vacation destination for most. Yeah. Well, when you live there, is not a vacation. It's uh, it was. It was hard work. Uh, I, I always, uh, I was, uh, I would say, 
very involved with mass swimming. And in Martinique, uh, school is so important that I could not put as many hours in the waters that I would, I, I could, to become what I wanted to become. So my parents gave me two options. They either said, well, you can go to France to a special program, or we can try uh, Fort Lauderdale, where I, I knew the coach. Uh, that was Jack Nelson back then. And you can try either way. If you don't like it, we can go and, and decide. So I, I said, I want to try the US. So they just flew, we, we flew to the US and Jack Nelson right there. That was back then, that was a Fort Lauderdale swim team. He was great because he had a program for foreigners. Like they had an apartment, they had like somebody in charge to take care of us, to drive us to practice and all this stuff. And that's how I started. I went to a special school in Fort Lauderdale and did. But in Martinique, uh, I could swim only once a day, late in the evening. Uh, it get dark very easily in the in the islands at six p.m. It gets dark. Yeah. So I was uh, I had to do a lot of homework and everything. So it was it was challenging, uh, but it was it was really fun, fun life. I mean, really, uh, water was my life. Yeah. Uh, not just swimming, but I mean, water polo, sailing, scuba diving. Spear fishing, I mean, water skiing, everything with water, you, uh, you know, it, it was always there on the top of the list. Uh, but Florida, when I decided to come to Florida, swimming became my life. And I took it. And I, I liked it. It was very difficult, very, very difficult. Uh, I mean, I was about uh, a junior in high school all by myself with, uh, with some uh, foreigners from Spain that were already college students working for the Olympics, try to, so I was the youngest one, you know, and uh, I just had to learn the language. And you've learned it quite well in your, in your swim career, not only um, swimming in college, but also too, um, you qualified for the French Olympic trials yeah. that had to be that had to be quite a quite a moment it was it was great it was it, it was really i mean i don't regret anything because you know things happen for a reason but uh, i think it was the the best time um, i learned a lot and what i can do is pass on what i learned now there's some rules that changed back then I mean, you talk about it was 1984 Olympics. There's a lot of rules. There's a lot of things that change, but still, I can I can talk to a few uh, swimmers about how to handle themselves if they want to go to the, the Olympic trial. I remember we had uh, our young Canadian swimmer Heidi Shadow. She made the Olympic trial for Canada, and I was able to help her to try to guide her. And, and uh, with that, and she did, she was very successful as a college swimmer and uh, for, for to, to go to the Olympic trolley Canada, that was very nice, that was very good. Um, 
we were, I was lucky my cousin uh, swam for UNC Chapel Hill in 1980, uh, 1991, 92, 93. So I was able also to help him guide him with the French team because being from France uh, to be able to get him to go to I think yeah, I believe he went to three Olympics for France wow yeah so uh, anything I can do to help that's what I'm here for and that's really the reason why I've been here at Campbell for 30 something years is because Campbell allowed me to help all those people and I noticed there's a lot of people that we help to go through, uh, from high school kids to, uh, you know, being a lifeguard and stuff. And all those young ladies that come in, after four years, it doesn't stop there, continue. So it's a, it's, it's a beautiful journey, let's put it this way. Well, we are glad that you have shared your beautiful journey with us. We're glad you're here going on, uh, going on two plus decades. And uh, thank you so much and, and good luck on the upcoming season that starts on Saturday. Thank you very much, Grace. I appreciate it. He Thanks. is the head coach of our women's swimming team, Pasco Molinard, and he will start season number 18 coming up this Saturday at 11 a.m. Admission is free at the Aquatic Center. That'll do it for Camel Call Friday. Our thanks to Evan Budrovich in for the first segment, Pascal, and you have a wonderful weekend.